Interviews with Educators, a podcast that takes a look at those involved in the practice, their experiences, and their hopes for the future. Austin, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, this is my ninth year in education. We're going into my ninth year in education. Uh, I have taught various science courses throughout the, the whole time that I've been a teacher. I really, really enjoy it. Um, when I was in high school, even before that, education is something that I always knew I wanted to be involved in. I didn't know what capacity, but I knew that it was something that I was passionate about. Um, one of my favorite things that I did all throughout high school was tutoring my classmates in different courses, particularly math and science based courses. And so I thought it might be something that I wanted to make a career out of. Um, and that's sort of how I wound up where I am today. How about you? Well, I have kind of a different story. I have been in education since 2007. Uh, I was a high school English teacher. Um, so I wasn't, wasn't great at science in high school. Um, I was very strong in math and, and I really enjoyed English. I became an English teacher because I liked the idea of interpretation and that, uh, that idea continued until I had stacks and stacks of essays to grade, which are not great, not bad, but you know, um, it is what it is. Currently I'm an assistant principal um, and I'm very much enjoying that role. Uh, I just finished my first year as an assistant principal and I'm looking forward to my next one. Um, I wanted to ask you, what, what do you want to get out of this podcast interviews with educators? Um, well, as someone who is still pretty early on in his career, uh, I think that one of the, the best parts of going to college for education would be that whole back and forth conversation piece that you have whenever you're in a course where you're face-to-face -face with your peers. Um, nothing against taking online classes, but I don't find that a discussion board is nearly as interactive or as beneficial for me personally as sitting in a classroom with people and hearing their stories firsthand um, and being a part of a conversation in that type of an environment. And so I kind of missed that and was looking for something to sort of fill that void. And so I'm sure that I can't be the only person who's out there who has the same desire to hear other people talk about their experiences in education uh, what got them involved, what drives them each day whenever they get to work. And I think that it would be beneficial for people throughout various stages in their career to sort of be involved in or listen to a podcast like this, uh, just to sort of help take some of that edge off, some of that burnout mentality that a lot of people have where, you know, after you've been doing a, a job for a long time, if you have a difficult group of students or uh, just have been in the same position for a long time, a lot of people hit a point where they're like, okay, they need a little bit of a reminder to sort of re-hone them back to what brought them into education in the first place and help them sort of stay on track um, and reinvigorate that passion that they had for education that they started with whenever they were new. Most new teachers have this like vibrancy and not that everybody loses it as they go through their career, but I wanted to make sure that I didn't lose that and that I could help other people make sure that they maintain that as well. How about you? What do you want to get out of this? I like to learn from other educators. I like to hear what they have to say. Um, I like to hear what other people in education have to say, because uh, I feel like you can learn from anybody. Um, one of the, one of my most, one of my largest learning experiences was when I was an instructional coach and I was going into multiple classrooms a day and seeing different teachers and using a variety of techniques, some with great efficacy, some uh, were not doing some well doing so well um they were struggling a bit but I, I learned from each of those experiences and i think i can take that forward and i think that providing uh, a forum for other people to hear the experiences of other educators is an interesting way to do that and i wanted to be a part of that and in the creation of that model 
Austin, our first guest uh, that we brought in is Jan Kellerman, a longtime educator, and she's the principal of, of Oakville High School in South County, St. Louis, um, or she was until the until June. Um, she's just started her retirement. Uh, congratulations to her. Yeah. Um, but why was she the first on your list of people that you wanted to talk to? Uh, I actually went to Oakville High School, so she was my principal throughout my entire high school career. And then I turned around years later and student taught at Oakville. She was an assistant principal at that time. Um, and then I went to go work for a couple other districts throughout my, my educational career and then ultimately wound up back here at Oakville. Um, I feel like she has had a lot of varied interactions throughout her whole career. She's also been in education for a very long time. So she has a lot of knowledge to pull from and a lot of different anecdotal pieces of evidence to support her different thoughts and feelings and what drives her throughout education. I think it's important to hear those stories. Um, and particularly from anyone who's exiting their career, I think it's important to get as much information uh, from them as you can before they're not in the office to talk to them every single day. So if you have questions for a person who's leaving, it's best, I think, to get all that information out of them before they go. Um, you always have the option to go back and ask them after they've moved on to retirement or another position or whatever. Um, but it just makes it a little bit more awkward if it's not as conversational as, hey, we're sitting here face to face, and I didn't know if that was something that would still be um, as readily available when she were to leave the building. So that was mainly why I wanted her to be here. How about you? Why did you think she'd be a good interviewee? Uh, well, every day that I worked with Jan this year, I learned uh, something new. I learned something new about education. I learned something new about the techniques to deal with adults. I learned something new about the techniques to handle students or parents, and, and I'm really Really, selfishly, I wanted her to stay on for at least a couple more years so I could continue my learning. Uh, but apparently she she decided that <laughs> retirement was more attractive than than uh, tutoring me. Um, anyway, I, I, I joke. I'm, I'm very happy for her. I just uh, am sad for me. Um, I wanted I wanted a recording of her uh, talking about what she thought was important in education because every time that she she spoke about education she was so passionate and she believed so much in the goodness of students and the goodness the the inherent goodness of people um that she really believed in in uh that we were going to make the world a better place through education and i i wanted i wanted to document that somehow um and i think that this was a good way to do that and I really wanted a, a last chance to, to learn more from her um, before she goes off in the sunset. All right. Uh, my name is Casey Oliarnik. And I'm, go ahead. And I'm Austin Ferguson. <laughs> and we're here with uh, Jane Keller, Principal Jane Kellerman. Um, we are going to talk some education stuff and, and uh, learn from each other and, and see what we can find out. So we have some questions uh, for you, Jan, because we sure. we respect you as an educator and wanted to get your insight as to on some of these questions. Okay. Um, did you have a particular question you wanted to start with, Austin? Um, the one that I saw that was on the list that I think is maybe one of the the better ones for maybe aspiring administrators or mm -hmm. teachers, teacher leaders as they're moving mm -hmm. it for, throughout their career. Um, as you move into a classroom or even a building as a whole, what is it that you, as an administrator or just a person in education, find the most compelling whenever you go into a room what are you looking for or whenever you go into a building what are things that to you 
when you walk in somewhere and you see it and you go, wow, this is what education is supposed to be. This is what I got into this gig for. Sure. Like, what is it that you're looking for? Yeah, well, that's that's kind of easy for me after as many years as I've been in education. And it's probably going to drive most of my questions here. But and it, when you walk into a classroom, the first thing that you do as an administrator is you feel the atmosphere. And so if you walk into a classroom and you can't, you, you can feel that it's a stuffy, kind of a stiff atmosphere, um, then you know that probably things aren't going to go really well. And that doesn't, you know, you can have kids that are engaged, but it's that atmosphere piece, and that is all reflective of relationships. So I'm looking for kids who are engaged, they're, they're having fun, the atmosphere is a good one where they're excited about being in there. They like what they're doing. And even if you come into classrooms sometimes and they're going, oh, you know, we don't want to do this. But yet they really do. So so it's a kind of a combination of, of kids engaged and not necessarily with the teacher, but engaged with each other and asking questions of each other and just having a good time in a class that has a great atmosphere to be in so that they can feel comfortable enough to make mistakes and ask questions and maybe act a little silly and not be judged. And that to me is a is an awesome classroom to walk into. Those are the classrooms that you like to go back when you're having a bad day and you just want to sit and chill and just enjoy what you're seeing. Nice. And then what about like buildings as a whole? Because you've probably been through a number of different school buildings yes. at different levels. And it's the same thing. Um, in this school... Uh, which is Oakville High School, I can't tell you how many times people who are first-time visitors, whether they're, you know, whether they're people who are coming in for training or they're people who are coming in for coaching, one of the things that they always tell me is that, you know, we can feel the difference in this building. And that's hard to put a definitive finger on what that is. But again, it has to do with a staff and a building who, A, care about kids, they they like being here it's what they want to do and they want to be a part of a building that is all about kids and what's best for kids and how can we make these kids grow into productive young adults that are happy um so that to me that as a building that's that's huge it's a huge thing so in that in that vein what would you tell a new educator or a new administrator or a new somebody that's new to a position or new to the game altogether mm -hmm. what would you tell them to start establishing that um right. that environment right how would you well for especially for first year teachers which your first and second year teaching is the roughest years you're going to have because you you potentially are learning new curriculum you're <laughs> you're a novice and so one of the things i tell beginning teachers that if they want to be successful, they have to see themselves as an actor on the stage. And the kids are their audience, and you want good reviews. So how can you craft what you're doing to make it exciting, to keep kids engaged, and, and to get them to the point where they are interested enough that they want to learn what you're teaching? It's all about building relationships with kids and... If, I mean, yeah, it's about the curriculum. It absolutely is. But if you can't learn how to build relationships with your kids and establish that up front, you're going to have an even rougher year. And so for me, they're on stage. And so even that day when you come in and you don't feel that great, be human and say to the kids, look, man, I got a cold out, feel that good, but, but we're going to get through this together and we're going to make this the best day possible. 
and they'll rise to the occasion. You just, you have to be human and go in there and, and if you make a mistake, tell the kids, crap, I just messed up. And you have to be human. You, I think sometimes um, teachers think that they're, they are, they're held to this standard, but you're also a human. And when you let kids know that you've made a mistake, and even as an administrator, when you're talking to a parent, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, wow, you know, maybe that, maybe I should have tried something different. Well, you say, yeah, you know, maybe you're right. I didn't think about that. And that whole conversation turns around because, well, I didn't really mean it that way. Well, yeah, you kind of did. And that's okay because now I'm learning. And so one of the things that, that as an administrator, if you're new, you have to understand that you, you have to set the example and you can't, nothing's going to happen in your school if your teachers don't know that you care about them and that you're going to get in there and pitch in right with them. If you're going to be this person that sits in your office and and never gets involved with teachers and doesn't have conversation with teachers and it's going to be you're going to have a rough a rough building because they're not going to work for you. So I find the same to be true with my students. I think as a student in the past or even currently like dealing with people who are experts in particular content fields, one of the best things that they can do and I think one of the best things that we can do for our students is to just say, I don't know. Right. Um, and like you said, there is sort of this like phobia of like, I'm supposed to be the expert and I, I can't tell my students, I don't know. I have to really quickly make something up. Don't make something up. Right. Tell them that you don't know because the entire point of education, at least from my perspective, is that you're trying to develop lifelong learners in whatever content it is that they choose to pursue outside of the classroom. So if you as a teacher have a student who comes to you and says, hey, like, why is, and they ask you something that you have no idea, I don't know. Let's find out together. Like that's the right. exciting part is that it's it's a dynamic sort of setup in the classroom and just as a whole. Right. Um and so kind of keeping up with that same thing, I know that in our building, one thing that I have noticed in comparison to other places where I've worked in the past or other places I've visited in the past, we have a mentality of failing forward or failing up and that you have always sort of inspired the staff of the building to try new things and it might not work out the way that you wanted to the first time through, um, but to constantly be out there trying new things, right. researching different things, mm -hmm. and moving mm -hmm. forward. Um, so what, in terms of that, is something that you might have seen in the last few years, or maybe a new trend that's happening in education that you've noticed, mm -hmm. that you're most excited to see sort of uh, in the future, and how it, how it evolves in education right. and moves things forward? Well, I, I, think, um, I think from when I started in Stone Ages, I think when I first started teaching, um, I think people were really concerned as an educator that you have you have a curriculum and you have to get it across the kids and it's the kids' responsibility to learn it. And I don't think that there was a lot of talk during those times about what does that mean to you when you get out of here. You're just supposed to learn it and go and do, go out and do. And I think there's a huge shift in education for the last couple of years, I think, or maybe even longer than that, at least it has for me, because when I was an educator in the classroom, my kids were kids with special needs and or they had a you know they had a learning disability. And so those kids want to know, well, why are we doing this? And so you have to give them the why of it because if they don't know the why, and that why translates now into, well, these are your options that you have outside of school. So when you're when you're talking to kids about anything, inside your classroom, if you can relate that to their lives or real life or something that they may do or what their parents do or what you do outside of school, it makes the content real to them and more relevant so that they understand it better. You know, 
I think science and, you know, Austin, you're a science teacher. Um, when I was in school uh, in science, you, you did all these experiments, but I think now I see more of our teachers doing these experiments, but they're, but they're showing you in the real life, this is why we're learning this, because this happens outside of this school in real life, or this is what happens in nature. This is when, when this happens, these are the, these are the steps that, that nature has taken. This is the science behind it. So, um, I think that that's exciting to me and, and for kids to explore different subjects with their own personal, um, their own personal interests in mind and maybe, maybe what they, what they want to go into. So and that's, that's at my path for, for us to, to be able to let a kid pretty much develop their class because it's something that they will learn about that we don't have a class, but then they plan it. They fit their goals. They say what I want to learn. They go, how are you going to do this? And it's not teacher driven. It's, it's student driving their interests and, and what they want to do in their life. And sometimes they figure out that I don't want to do that. <laughs> and then they make a big shift, but that's good too. Right, I, you know, right. I've known people that have gone through, high school and four years of college and at the end of it go, Oh my God, I don't want to do this. And that's a sad waste of energy and, and human resource to, to have that and, and money, you know, resources and stuff. So speaking of that, you have been in education 43 years. This yeah. is your 43rd year in education. Mm -hmm. So you've been, uh, in school longer than a lot of, a lot of our teachers. Um, you've been Probably most of them. Right. Um, so what, Thinking back, what is it that got you excited about education in the first place and being part of education? Well, hmm, that's a tough one for me because um, even when I was little, like little, I would teach my teddy bears and my dolls. Um, I think there's some people, it's kind of like if you have a dancer, you can learn to be a dancer but if it's something that's in you, that makes you better than the person just that just learns to be a dancer. And so for me, I think a lot of it stems from I, um, I absolutely to for for me to help people to see people grow, to try new things, to see someone say I can't do it and then they try and they do and to see that look on their face is like that's like the ultimate and so for me I don't know if there's any one thing that that said to me this is exciting it, to me it's just exciting to see people grow whether they're adults I mean you know I've had quite a few assistant principals under me and I have seen them come from the classroom and grow tremendously in terms of just educating people and, and helping other educators, even though you're an educator yourself. And so to me, that's, that's like a super high to, to be able to affect people in a positive way. And unfortunately, as an administrator, sometimes it's a negative way. But I always look at that as a growth too. You know, mistakes stay a mistake unless you learn from it. And I always tried to say that to kids when I was an assistant principal and I had, you had to give out discipline. It was always about, okay, so you did this. Now what are we learning from this? So you have this conversation with those kids and, you know, so you made a mistake and you realize it, but 
it doesn't have to stay a mistake. You, you can move on and learn from it and, and try to not do it again. And kids are kids, and so sometimes they do, but then that's, that's, you remind them of that. So it's, you know, I just think it's, it's helping people and seeing people grow, and that's exciting to me. It's exciting to me to, to find kids that never tried anything, and they try it, and they love it. And they didn't think they liked it. It's like, you know, I don't like broccoli. We'll try it. And they like it. Oh, that's great. You know, so it's getting people to try new things and, and to, to develop self-confidence in, in humans is, and self-esteem is, is just a trip for me. Oh, it's part of who I am, I guess. Just who I am. Right. I like it. Um, so sort of in keeping with that, with like helping students develop and grow and helping people who've worked under you, you mentioned, uh, um, assistant principals and educators and how you've watched them sort of uh, change over time and things like that. I think a big part of what you've been able to do, at least from my perspective, is to sort of inspire people to move forward and develop and grow on their own and seek their own path, like I said earlier about the whole failing forward thing. What do you hope is the legacy that you leave behind in this building, in this district, or in education as a whole? Something that you, or do you have like a central like tenant that you're hoping that people like whenever they hear Jan Kellerman's name like what do you hope people sort of draw to their forefront of their thought their memory their mind, yeah their um life? for me it is that a never be afraid to fail never be afraid to try and hope that um if you do anything else with kids you develop relationships so that that's a that's so important. That's a lasting thing is to build the relationships with your kids, your colleagues, your administrators that, you know, we, when I started my tenure here as a, as a principal, we coined our house. That was the first year. And I really believe that because houses have troubles in them and but they have great times and they celebrate things together and they're sad together. And so for me, if I leave this building and our house remains that where teachers pull together to help each other and kids and, and kids feel like this is a good place to be and there's still that if it's good for kids then by golly we're going to try it. We may fail the first time but we're going to figure it out and that's, that's all I can hope for. That's a good hope. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good hope. Uh, I think that's why a lot of us got into education is we want to want to help others and we want to mm -hmm. help students and see the world become better than than right. what it is right now right. and what it what it can be. Um, Our world sucks at relationships. It truly does. Right. And, and just in general, I mean, countries can't get along. I mean, there's all these reasons why. But if we can teach our kids to be accepting and to respect differences and you know, you don't have to like somebody or even like who they are, what they are, but you, but you, but you have to respect that they are what they are, they who, who they are, and you respect that. And if you can do that, well, then everybody goes about their business, right? And things are much better. But that's that's a tough one. We haven't we haven't done that yet as a human race. So it's, so it's a work try. in progress. So you keep trying. <laughs> right. you, you keep trying. I mean, you that's that's right. That's that failure piece. You try and you. Hopefully you don't repeat. You make that mistake and you don't make it again. Right. Well, I mean, 43 years in education, in working in education, before that in school, you have learned a lot and you continue to do so. What are the, um, 
what are the best resources for you that you have found? Um, or what educational resources would you recommend to others or life resources, right. life learning opportunities for that you would recommend to other educators or um, people in general? I think, I think social media has its good and its bad things, but I think that, that social media, you know, when you, you know, in, in this world now, there are so many things out there that you can grab onto. And I think that if, if to me, um, I sought out other people and some books I've, I've like, I've, I got the, the, the start with the why Simon, uh, Sinek is like, to me, the guru because he's all about the relationship piece and you can't do things and move forward if people don't know why they're doing things. And then you can't move forward if you can't lead them forward. So, so I think that, that, Picking out some really good books because there's there's tons of leadership books out there and they all kind of have a central theme. A lot of them, it, most of it surrounds relationships. There are some that mix mix. You know, you have to understand your world, so you have to have data and you have to look at the nuts and the bolts. But that but then you have to apply that relationship piece to it. So to me, when I was growing up, I didn't have the social media, and I relied on other educators. Um, that I felt were super good in class as a as a as a principal um, when I first started I went to other schools um, and asked to sit in asked asked to look for a day uh, the district that I was in at that time was uh, they kind of promoted that like if you wanted to go outside your district and I think that's good for people to go outside their district I think it's good for you know we have teachers that have been someplace for you know, 20 years, and, and that's not bad, that's, especially if, but, but you grow when you move outside your, I'd been in a district for a long time, and it was scary for me to move from there to here, but it really makes you understand that, hey, some of these things that you've learned, you, you can do this, you, you are this way, um, but I think for me, it's not any one thing or one resource, it's just talking to people, and people who you know have a good place or a good relationship with kids or I've learned so much from colleagues and the other thing is this you know just because you're an administrator or you're a teacher doesn't mean that you can't learn as an administrator from a teacher and students or a, or a teacher from their students I've learned I learn things every day from our kids um, so I don't think there's one one spot where you say this is a really place to go I think I think you you can search the web and punch in leadership and you can have a world of knowledge out there and it's just what you choose to to use what would you say is something that you learned from a student because that's kind of an interesting statement that you've learned a lot from students and teachers and mm -hmm. like what's something that you kind of gathered from a student that you've taken with you um when i was teaching um and this is probably when i first realized you don't know everything and it was I was probably in my, I don't know, maybe fourth or fifth year of teaching. I had this young man who, um, he struggled in just about everything. And it was that knowledge right there. Because when I, fought, when I he just told me, he, he looked at me one day and he goes, what do you know about me? And I said, well, I, I know, you know, I know this, this and this. And he goes, but, but that's, that's, he told, looked at me and he goes, that's really superficial. And at that time, my last name was Highlander. He goes, that's just really superficial, Mrs. Highlander. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And he goes, well, why don't, why don't, 
why don't teachers like really want to know who you are? And I'm like, oh God, I thought I was doing that. I thought I knew these kids, but I really didn't know them. And so um, that was huge for me. To Here's this young man, I think he was probably 15 at the time, telling me, hey, as an educator, you really probably need to know more about the kid than what you think you know. Um, so that was, that was huge. Um, that probably made me turn a big corner in terms of teaching that year. Um, so I think that there are things that, subtle things that you pick up from kids that you think, wow, I didn't think about that, you know? And that's, that, that's one that just comes to mind that was a, it was very impactful for me and it pretty much changed how I did things in my classroom. And if he wouldn't have said that, I maybe I would have not. I, I don't know. But I mean, that was that was huge for me. It was like I almost I, I felt bad. I'm like, well, you're. I said, oh my god, uh, is, it, is it? Am I a terrible teacher? And he goes, oh no, but but he said I didn't mean that. I'm like, well, I just I just felt so bad that I didn't take the time to really know my kids, you know. And so it was shortly after that I had. They called it, that was before The Breakfast Club was even a movie. Um, I had kids that I, I went down the hallway and I just, in the morning, I would just talk with kids, kids I didn't know. And I would just, hey, you know, on in the morning, I'm going to have donuts on this day or I'm going to have this on this day. And they just started to come in and then I didn't even have to have anything. And so they were just, the kids would just pile in my classroom because it was where you went in the morning. And I didn't have a lot of these kids. I had special ed kids. And also from that, some of my special ed kids that would come in for that first hour class, they made friends with kids that they had never made friends before. So it was it was a unique experience, and that all came out of out of that one kid saying, "Hey, you don't, you really don't know me." I think that's really uh, interesting, and I think it's a really important lesson to recognize that you you have to listen as much as you speak. And I mean, mm-hmm. you, if you need to listen more than you speak. If, of course. You really do. Right. And I think sometimes we forget that, especially when you love your subject. You know, yeah. you're, you're all, you love it. And you also have to remember that not everybody loves your subject. So for those kids that don't love it, what are you going to do with them? You have to make it, you have to make it palatable for them so right. that they want to learn. And there's that, that relationship piece again. And that's know? where that listening comes in because so you have to listen to what's important right. to them and right. then find a way to connect your... Content. What you're doing right. to what their interests are, right? And that's takes time, and and um, and you have to be willing to, to you have to be willing to take the time. I think sometimes people think that educators have an easy oh because you have summer off, but if you truly, if you truly want to impact kids, it takes time to figure out. It takes time to say here's this class of 25 kids and. Well, these three kids I know are this, and these four kids over here I know are this, and then you're then you're seeing they're trying to develop a lesson that that is good for everybody with with a specific piece of content, mm-hmm. and that takes time and energy, and you have to be willing to put that in, and that's the piece that I think a lot of people don't don't see. A lot, a lot of teachers spend that time kind of revving that up, I think, before they even get to school in the summer, and then then you plug in that. Well, here, this this group of kids is this way, and so this is going to affect this lesson plan like this. But then, how do I include these kids? It's hard. So you know, it's difficult. But boy, it's enjoyable, and everybody gets it. It's, awesome. <laughs> it's like a rush. It just is. Yeah. And so, with going through and learning stuff from other educators and students, and spending part of your childhood like 
teaching your stuffed animals and your dolls, like, <laughs> things of that nature. Did you have a particular person, maybe as a child or a young adult, who inspired you to go into education or someone that you would have considered, like, a an educational hero that you tried to, like, emulate as you were beginning your career path? Well, it's going to sound really cliche-ish, but my, I got three people that, and the first one is my mother. My mother is, was an absolute, she was a 1940s, 50s adult who was very progressive and I think um, gave me, gave me the, the courage uh, at that time to, to go, it's okay to try something different. It's okay to fail. Um, you know, strict in things, but man, I learned a lot from her in terms of people. My mom was a people person. And so that's, she, I think is a, is a, she was a Sunday school teacher. You know, she, she, she had a high school education, which back then that was a big deal. Um, but she was, she tutored kids in math and, you know, I just, I saw her light up and it always used to upset me that she never got to be a true teacher. But then I went through a period of where, you know, I'm really not going to go into education necessarily. I want to be a lawyer. And my freshman year, I had an English teacher who, um, about halfway through the year, she told me, and she was great. She was one of these people that the classroom was just, you just couldn't wait to get to her class. And again, she was great with kids, but but I learned so much from her, and one of the things she said to me about halfway through the year, and she said, you're going you're gonna to be a teacher. I don't know what you're going to be a teacher of. She said, I hope English, but she said, I don't know what you're going to be. And I'm like, no, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer. And she goes, oh, well, okay, but she said, I'm going to tell you what. She said, I'll lay money on that when you get out, <laughs> you're going to be a teacher. And so I'm like, no, I don't think so. And then um, that was my freshman year. And then in my sophomore year, um, I had this young, handsome teacher. We had study halls, and he comes into the study hall, and he said, hey, I need a couple of kids that are willing to come out of this study hall um, to help me with some kids who have special needs. I had no idea what a special need kid was. I had All I knew is I was going to get out of the study hall. <laughs> so I raised my hand, and um, he said, anybody else? Nobody else. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And I started working with those kids and I was hooked. I mean, I did it every year. Um, he was, ex he was an extraordinary, he was also cute, which is why I did it originally. <laughs> but then, I mean, I saw what he, how he worked with those kids. And at that time they were, uh, pretty, they were like kind of sort of that class that I was in was like what we call our center-based kids now. They're very low functioning and have a lot of involvement uh, problems. But, and you didn't have a lot of those in your schools at that time. But I just fell in love with those kids. And I was hooked from then on. And he, he really inspired me uh, to know that these kids are absolutely worth our trouble and absolutely worth our time. And they can be productive adults. And he was a huge, uh, a huge influence in my life in terms of what I did and, and uh, how I... How I how I approached education, what I wanted to do. That was, I mean, it was just, by the time I was my senior year, actually, it was probably illegal, but I had my own little group that I planned for. And <laughs> it was awesome. It was probably totally illegal at the time, but it was, I mean, it was great. I loved it. And then I was hooked. 
So your mom and two educators are the ones mm-hmm. that really drove you to mm-hmm. into education. And uh, I mean, we've all we've all benefited from it. Uh, you know, this is my first year as an administrator, and I've learned so much from you. And I, I, uh, I wish you the best. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, like this is my. It's gonna be hard to walk out of this life. I mean, you know, I'm. I'm 64 and I've been in education for 43 years and essentially I've been in education since the first grade. But, you know, I, it's, it's... She didn't new, go to kindergarten. <laughs> there was no kindergarten back then. Well, I went to a two-room schoolhouse. <laughs> I have four grades in each room. So, you know, I, 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 think, I think just in parting, if I'm going to say anything, it's like relationships are the most important thing you can do. Never be afraid of failure. Failure can be a a huge learning tool for kids, adults. Don't be afraid to fail. Just recognize that when you fail, you know, you have to figure out what you did wrong. And and as a teacher, I try to get this across to our teachers. Because I, I think sometimes teachers are so afraid, well, if I fail, it's going to be in my evaluation. No. Fail and then ask your kids. The kids will tell you, this was horrible. <laughs> well, how can we make it better? That Use your kids. They're, they know why it was bad. They know. And don't be afraid to do that. Learn with your kids. That's If you can do that, you have fun. Have fun. Education should be fun. You should come into this building. That's why the first day, when I became principal, the first day of school, I told teachers, if you do anything academic, you're in serious trouble. It's all about who are these people that are coming in my classroom. Let's get to know each other. And, you know, you've got plenty of time to start the curriculum. Get to know who these kids are. And, and what are you going to do? How are you going to have fun? How are you going to have fun in your class? And for those kids who drive you crazy and there's nothing you can do about that, they're going to be out there, get to know them. And when they say to you, I didn't do my homework for the 15,000th time. Don't say, well, that's a zero. Or you can't ask them, well, what happened? Why? Why didn't you get it done? Is there something going on at home? You know, and sometimes they'll say, well, I just want to do it. Well, then why not? Why didn't have that conversation? And they may not give you an answer that you want to hear, but you're not. Don't bark at them. And that's the hard part because, man, sometimes, you know, you just want to go, but don't do that. It it it's bad for you and it's bad for the kid and it breaks down relationships. It just does. You have to you have to take a step back and take a deep breath and be that calm person. And that's hard to do. But after forty three years you, you learn. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're sitting there going inside going Ugh, and outside you're going, Oh, okay. <laughs> so anyway. But it's been a good ride. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm sure it'll have something to do with people. I can't, couldn't, I can't be not. I can't not be around people. It's impossible. I'll implode for sure. <laughs> so, thanks for having me, you guys. Yeah, that absolutely. Was fun. fun. And I hope that you continue this and branch out and get out of our district, even if you could, and invite some people in from other districts. That'd be awesome. I think that might be in the works. And, yeah. And. Uh, we really appreciate your time, Jane. And, no problem. And uh, awesome. thank you for cool stuff. being candid with us and, and there's us, no other way. Right. <laughs> Give us your thoughts. All right. Thanks a lot, fellas. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to reach us, you could use 
the Twitter. I am at C Oliarnik. That is at C O L E A R N I C K. And I'm at Austin W Ferguson. That's A U S T I N W F E R G U S O N. Bye. Bye.